Hello everyone, welcome to our new Genji Talks podcast. After an impressive first season interviewing diverse experts, Genji Talks is starting its podcast series. What can we offer to you? Definitely stories and vision of speakers that are engaged in the field and want to work differently to change at their own pace their journey. These speakers have one thing in common. They all have women working in finance. So women in finance is the topic of our podcast, which aims to highlight successful women across different areas of finance. Our first guest speakers today is Muriel Avignon. She's VP Finance at Data Eco, a French artificial intelligence company founded in 2013. Muriel, she's energetic, she's positive, and she's definitely a hardworking woman. Never afraid about challenges. After working at Google, she made a big decision. She wanted to move to another company to make the difference, to actively participate in a team challenge. And definitely, if you're listening to the podcast, you will discover her journey at Dataiku. You will easily understand that she is making the difference. Muriel, today, she's openly sharing with us her story, her experience, and most of all, her advices. Muriel, welcome. I'm delighted to have you here. So definitely, we have a lot to discuss today. But first of all, let's start with the beginning. You, could you please quickly present yourself and your background in, in finance? Sure. So I have studied finance and accounting in France and then in the US, in California, where I had my first uh, real job. It was a startup selling consumer electronics goods and uh, innovating in the world of internet radios and outdoor audio products. So therefore, I, w I wasn't yet introduced to the tech world, but I had put a foot in the startup world. After two years there, I decided to go back to my country home in France, where I got hired by Google. There, I, I learned to evolve in the tech industry. And it was a great experience, but I wasn't fulfilled totally as uh, I was in this moment of my career when I wanted to see the impacts of my work and I wanted to be challenged and grow within a smaller company. So I joined Data Eco in 2016. Um, when I joined, we were about 60 people worldwide. Now we are nearly 900 and uh, we were two people in the finance team. And now the department has uh, more than 50 people. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's grown a lot and I have learned a lot of things from finance, finance operation through accounting, HR, deal desk, reporting, and I still learn every day. And I really, for this, I really enjoy my role because it's, it's diverse and it's challenging. And for me, that is the most important thing. During our discussion, one topic came up, challenges. And uh, as for the other industries or fields, there could have been many during the past 10 years, I guess. What was the biggest challenge you faced uh, when you started your career in this, in this industry and specifically in, in US? Indeed, in this industry, everything moves so fast and is changing so quickly um, that you have to be very agile, you have to adapt, you have to, to be reactive and, and creative at the same time. And this is really not something you learn at school. So you have to learn through experiencing it. And, and this is, this is, challenging and uh, not to say frustrating in the beginning, but now I feel it's rewarding. Why? Uh, I'm going to explain now. So it is stressful to evolve, to evolve in an unstable environment. You have the impression sometimes that what you just built um, is out of date a few months later. 
So, and it can really be indeed. So this is like very frustrating, but then you learn to build again with the new information you have. And, and it's just like that. Um, and in my opinion, this is, this is the beauty of it because if you have so many opportunities to build again, you are allowed to do mistakes. You can try, uh, you can rebound pretty quickly. And in, and in that environment, your learning curve is very steep. And for me, this is very exciting. So a challenge became something that is really exciting um, and rewarding. I'm going to take an example uh, that happened uh, a few times in my current uh, company. So the most important resource you have is the people. It's your team. And when you hire people, you build a team, you build a strategy, everything makes sense. It's great. A few months later, uh, the strategy changes. Uh, there is a new hire, a new lead, a new department is created, a new tool. Whatever the reason, uh, you have to do a reorg of your team. And this is very troubling, first, firstly for you, but even more for your team members. And this is super important that you need to reassure them. Uh, you need to, to let them know that, that those changes, um, they are for the best interest of the company and, and that their job is legitimate and very valuable, even in that new context. And because it is very stressful for them to see those sudden changes and it can come a bit of a surprise, especially when you're missing the big picture. So in my opinion, when this happened, the best um, method to remediate this stress is to be transparent with your team, to have open conversations, um, because the people are your best resources. So you really need to take care of them, especially uh, in these tri tri critical sorry, moments. From 2015, uh, for more than a year, you worked at Google. Google is one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, the same year, Google was reorganized as a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Alphabet. Larry Page, co-founder, said that Google is not a conventional company and does not intend to become one. Is it true for you? How was this uh, culture change your career aspiration and, and your path? Yeah, I agree. Google is very specific. Uh, it's true. Um, I'm going to go into details now. So Google was my first uh, experience in the tech world. So first you have to learn how to move in this, uh, in this world. So uh, you learn the vocabulary, whether it's specific. You learn to evolve in a fast-paced working environment. It was also very international. Like I had colleagues from all over the world. Um, you are introduced to new tools. Uh, to, to new ways of uh, management that, for example, like back in, the, back in that day when I started at Google, it was not so common to have your boss in another country. Well, it was not so common for, <laughs> I would say, any other company, but at Google, it was very common. And I really like this, um, this environment that I found it very exciting. Um, but it's really, it's really not for everyone, and I don't think um, everyone will like this type of uh, fast-paced, uh, everything is changing all the time uh, environment. So in that sense, it's, it, is, uh, it is peculiar. Um, and uh, yeah, to answer the second question of um, the, what Google brought me for my career, um, so it was, a, it was a very welcome transition for me to join Google because I was coming from the US and then I joined Google and the team was international. We were speaking uh, English all the time. 
And fundamentally, the culture of Google is, is, is American. It's an American company and you, and you can tell when you work there. So for me, it was like a good transition from coming from America to, to working uh, in France. And Actually, I wanted to ask you, how did you get this, uh, this opportunity? Yeah, so I, um, I actually, I, I was called uh, to work there. So definitely, I think because I was working in the US before, But uh, to be honest, when I was called, I, I had no idea what, how Google was working and what people were doing. But I was like, okay, I, I need to take that opportunity. Um, and, I, and I took it and I would never have imagined working in that company, but I really don't regret uh, taking that opportunity. <laughs> and because um, then after, after working there, I realized like, okay, yes, this is what I want. I, I like this environment and this environment. Uh, I like working where when where things are going fast where we're like uh, very efficient and uh, i also realized another thing is that i didn't want to work in such a big company google is huge like i really felt like i was an ant in an ant hill and uh, and i was like okay i need to be fulfilled i need to see what is a di direct impact of my work for the company and i need to i need to see that it's positive i need to to feel that what i'm doing is useful for the company so like to wrap up uh thanks to google i know that this is the field i want to be in like the tech field but i also know that i want to do that in a smaller company so muriel today you're vp finance at that Um, it's a French company defined as a, as a scale-up. To be more specific, I think it's also interesting to basically define what is a, what is a scale-up. So a scale-up, it's a, it's a stage where a company solves the startup challenges of uh, market research development and identify a repeatable, scalable business model. It's more basically a high-speed growth period. Uh, you are working in this type of company with a high-speed period. Uh, I guess it's a moving and crazy experience. Um, when you decide to shift uh, and to go to, to this IQ, how can you learn from your peers and uh, why it has been so important for you? Sure. It is indeed a, a very exciting experience and full of unpredictable uh, events. Um, so when I started to work in a, in, in, in that I could, in scale up, as you said, um, I realized I, I needed to know more people in the tech scene. Why? Because, um, this is, there is a real, first of all, there is a real network that exists of scale ups where people help each other. They share their pains, their successes, their contact, their experiences. And you will always find someone that has the same issue and, And had the same questions at some moment, <laughs> and uh, and finding someone that uh, has the same uh, issues can help you overcome your doubt when it comes uh, the moment for you to make a decision because uh, um, because it's reassuring to know that you are not the only one in this situation. So it really creates this comforting feeling that is very useful in a stressful environment like in the tech world, and also because it's fulfilling. Uh, to be the one giving the advice when it's your turn. So that that's really nice about this uh, network is that, yeah, you receive a lot of information, but you also give. And, um, and so it's really like helping each other. And you realize that people are such an unlimited and precious source of information that you need to use it.
Is this network built from people working in the same type of structure or is it a mix? Big groups, startups, scale-ups and maybe potentially freelancers, for example? It's uh, it's mostly the same type of structure. Um, so it's uh, you have to be a startup, scale-up or um, it, it can be from an early stage. A startup to to a startup that is a pre or post IPO, but really has to be like okay, it's it's moving fast, uh, growing fast. Um, but otherwise, it's uh, all type of sectors can be fintech, data, real estate, retails. Um, for this, there is a variety. You know, when when we're doing some researches uh, about women in finance, a lot of uh, associations, groups, and even mentoring programs are presented. Uh, on internet. Why are these initiatives key? What can mentorship do uh, to address similar challenges for, for young women, according to you? Yes, um, there is challenges, definitely. Um, in my opinion, one of my main challenge was uh, to dare asking. Um, so asking for a career move, a personal development plan, or sim simply raise your voice. And then I, I observe people and I realize like, okay, there is a lot of people who actually ask and there is nothing negative about daring to ask. And on the contrary, the more you dare, the more things uh, are done and, and you grow and you overcome your fears. So I really think after observing, like this is the main difference between women and men, like um, women ask less and therefore they probably get less. But uh, then I was like, okay, why do I don't I dare? And I realized, okay, I'm restraining myself. Actually, I'm my <laughs> it's my own problem, <laughs> and uh, my fears were not real. So in that moment, I was like, okay, I, I I need to overcome that. And the hardest was for me to really get the confidence, confidence, and the nerve at the right time uh, to ask. And then, if you're prepared, if it's well thought, like asking is is not that bad, and usually it works. Like what you're asking, you're gonna get it. Um, of course, like this, it looks simple, but I personally find it still very difficult and painful. Uh, so I really still needed to improve on that. But, uh, well, I think nothing is so rewarding if it's, uh, if it's, um, too easy to get. So, yeah. After 10 years of, uh, of experience, you have a pretty good vision of what it's like working in finance for, for a Roman. Um, I think we, we all agree that uh, there is still a long way to go to create an industry in which women have equal access to opportunity and positive outcomes. And this is demonstrated by figures. It's not something that we think. It's, it's the reality, unfortunately. On, on your side, uh, what advice would you give to young women who are thinking of uh, entering in this field? I, I would tell them that you need a lot of energy to work in tech. But it's uh, very exciting and rewarding. And when you think of it, as well as like this field is defined as being fast-paced, uh, you also develop yourself professionally and personally pretty fast. And in my opinion, that's, uh, that's a chance you cannot let pass. So it's a big question. How to dare? Is it something that you would like to, to explain to, to, to those young women? Yeah, so I don't think I have the secret recipe for it, um, but I, I can I can share how how it works for me. Um, so the first thing is to to actually get advice from people 
we talk about having network of people. Like, it's always the same thing. Like get advice from people you trust at work, but also in your personal surroundings because they know you from a different per perspective. So listen to what people can say to you. And then it gives confidence, you know, so, so this is nice. And then um, I also really like to observe. So I observe a lot. Uh, and especially for that context, I will observe the people who actually dare and I would be like, okay, what about this? Why why couldn't it work for me? Why not? So I observe, I take it, it's in my brain. <laughs> I'll use it later. And then finally, and probably it's the most, impor uh, most important of all advice I could give is to be patient. Because it's very good to dare, uh, but you really have to select your moment appropriately because if you do it in the wrong moment, it's, it can be a big flop and that would be the worst for, for your self-confidence, for, for your development. So this tactical part is uh, it's probably the hardest, but it's very important. Wonderful. Muriel, I have one final question for you. In 10 years, for our next podcast, where would you like to be? <laughs> um, I would like to be in a startup still in the tech uh, industry and probably a smaller one to, to make it grow and, and see it grow. Muriel, thank you very much uh, for your time, your sharing. It was really a pleasure for me to record the, the first Women in Finance podcast with you. Thank you. It was the first episode of our Genji Talks podcast. Thank you very much for your time and for listening. If you enjoy it, please share it with your network, post about it on social media, or simply leave a rating and comment. To catch all the latest news from Genji Talks, you can go directly to the Genji website. The link is shared in comments. In the meantime, if you want to ask Muriel uh, questions, you can check her LinkedIn profile and she will be happy to answer you. Thanks again and see you in two weeks for a new episode.